0: Hey, I, uh, I actually got a question for you before we get started I got a couple for you too um, Well, this is not wrestling related at all Um, What is Incarnation? There, there, there's like some big music festival near you It's like a tattoo festival That's like also like a music festival that's like three days Have you heard about this? Uh, no. Mansfield, Ohio? Uh,
1: yeah, that's pretty close. Uh, Mansfield, it's, uh, what well, the reason I, I know it, it's probably, I don't know, an hour and a half away from me. Okay. Uh, somewhere in that hour and a half, two hour range. Um, I used to go there every year for a huge track meet. There was a big, like, right like, pre, not I would say season, but early season high school track meet. It's like, the biggest in the state. Oh, Yeah. Uh, so that's why I would go there Um, but Mansfield's really known for it's where our Ohio State Penitentiary is at
0: yeah well evidently
1: it's where they film Shawshank
0: yeah that's where the show is happening it's like at that prison um have you been to this prison? yeah I've been on a tour of it and all that I guess it's like one of the most haunted buildings in the United
1: States I, like, I went to a regular tour, just like, about the movie and the history of it during the day, uh, while I was there for a track meet. But uh, they do have—it's one of those things where you know you could pay like that. I don't know what the price is on, but you can like go in there for a whole weekend. Over oh no
0: shit! And do like the haunted investigations and all that shit? Oh fuck that! Why would I never understood why people want to go find ghosts? I got a good friend of mine. Yeah, um, actually.
1: He actually went and did that before. Ironically enough, he ran track with me. That's where we became friends. we made friends all these years, mainly because of professional wrestling. But he's real big into that kind of shit, man. Yeah, my ex-wife was all man. about that shit. He loves that paranormal hunting stuff. I mean, to me, it's like nope. I, I don't question that. Once they you're exist. dead,
0: once you're dead, you stay dead, and you stay the fuck over there. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like,
1: uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't question that there. You know, there are different <laughs> realms and other things exist. Uh but I don't wanna be
0: fucking with it. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's kinda of where I'm at too.
1: Yeah, I don't wanna be fucking with any of that.
0: Yeah, not so much. Not so much. <sighs> uh, so what's on your mind, Huckleberry? What do you want to talk about? Let me pull pour, I'm
1: pulling up something. <laughs>
0: What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? Welcome to season two, episode nine of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by thegorillaposition.com and presented by Hamin Media. On today's episode, we're talking about the road to WrestleMania, the go home for a Ring of Honor 16th anniversary show, and a preview of New Japan Pro Wrestling's 46th anniversary show. But before we dive in, it's my obligation to tell you this is a podcast by the fans for the fans, bringing you all the news It is news from across the professional wrestling world. You can find the show on Twitter at HTMPWPod, on Facebook at HittingTheMarks. Shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com. In the 919, they call me the devil, but you can call me Jargo. I'm joined, as always, alongside my tag team partner, Huckleberry number one, the late to my Bobby Hurley, RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. It's me, it's me, it's that... Auto- you know what, man? I, I don't think
1: I can do that this week. I, I don't feel like RBV. You know, I've, I've been dealing with 104 degree temperature. I have the flu. A little bronchitis, pneumonia. I sound terrible. I look terrible. I feel feel terrible. I don't feel like the RBV. I, I tell you the truth, I feel more like WWE right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Rick has caught the SmackDown flu. The Smackdown flu, it's, and it's, it's been putting the Smackdown on him. That's why we're a day late this week.
1: But, uh, but I am here. I, as I told you, I was we are on the road to WrestleMania. That might not mean much to WWE, but it does to us fans, us pro wrestling enthusiasts. I didn't want to miss anything that we have going on, uh, so I'm going to suck it up, and we're going to get through this thing.
0: So we're going to format the show a little bit differently. And this is probably going to go on all the way through March. Um, rather than focusing on raw and SmackDown individually, uh, let's just acknowledge that there's only one show here that matters and that show is WrestleMania. So we are going to focus on the road to WrestleMania, kind of loop all of WWE into the first segment of the show. And then the back half of the show, we're going to start focusing a bit more on the build to Supercard of Honor, um, as well as New Japan Cup and what's going on over in the land of the rising sun. But for now, let's go ahead and we will start on the road to WrestleMania. Rick, this was an interesting week, to put it nicely, for WWE. Uh, Of course, we have... uh, probably the biggest story of the week being this Roman Reigns promo and the existing Brock Lesnar situation that is. Uh, So, of course I don't get to watch Raw live. I'm asleep at that time. And I wake up and I start looking through, you know, the dirt sheets and what people are saying about the show and I am seeing that Roman Reigns has cut the greatest promo in the history of promos. This is bigger than the CM Punk pipe bomb. And I watched raw and I was like, are you people fucking kidding me? Really? So let's look at this from two ways because there seems to be two very, very particular rules of thought here. What's going on with Brock Lesnar? Is this a work or is this a shoot I'm going with? It's absolutely a work. I assume you are as well. You didn't get worked by this, did you? Oh, not you know, not in the least
1: bit way. While I was while I was watching Raw, I wasn't involved in you know conversation going on over in the Hameen Media discussion group in in Acer's live in live thread. There, uh, I, I wasn't involved anywhere on the internet. I was just kind of taking the show in as as you know we previously stated here. I, I was dealing. I was a bit under the weather, so I was dealing with those issues. So I was kind of just sitting back and, and taking in the show, uh trying to just find a comfortable position where I could just relax and enjoy myself. Um, and you know, immediately I thought, hey, this is this is brilliant on behalf of WWE.
0: This screams Paul Heyman to me. You you would
1: you had mentioned that. And I'm not going to discredit him that he didn't come in and say, Hey, we might want to go in this direction here. But I want to give WWE you know itself and probably more so Vince McMahon some credit here we go back to the beginning of the year You know i'm talking as the calendar turns over and we're building towards the royal rumble They have been very protective and selective in how they handle presenting roman reigns to the universe They they do just enough No, he comes into the year as your intercontinental champion while this is on hiatus uh, he is a defending champion. He's out there. He's, he's present every week, putting that belt on the line. Working 20-minute matches. And, but he, you know, he's working 20-minute matches, and he's working them against some undercard talent. So he's essentially giving uh, you know the, the rub there. He's going over, but they're not overly pushing his victories. It's got, you know, it was, in many of those cases, it was more about what the opponent got out of the match in defeat than what Roman got in a victory. Then he was very quiet at the rumble. You know, the build up to the chamber wasn't so much about him. They kind of pulled him back a little bit. It was the, you keep him there. So we're constantly reminded that this is still Roman Reigns yard, but we're not overly pushing him onto you, which has always been the main issue when it comes to Roman Reigns. They, they would show him a little bit and they would really pull him back. Even in the chamber match itself, You know, the big story there wasn't exactly him winning that match. It was more about Braun's dominance and then what Braun did post-match.
0: Which I thought was interesting that we did not reference whatsoever on Raw at any point during the show. Which I think is very, very odd. Like, why would you do an angle like that and not pay any lip service on the show? Uh, I I
1: was under... The influence of a lot of medication, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty certain that they did. They did mention it. No, I, uh, there, it, in the best was,
0: they did it in passing. I mean, Roman never once right, referenced Braun Strowman. It, it, it
1: wasn't between Braun and Braun and uh, Roman. Oh, they may have the later. The commentary the Elias match. Uh, the commentary team put it over. I think there was some footage of it as well.
0: It just it, it seems very very odd to me that we just moved on with Roman Reigns we just moved on to the Brock Lesnar story. And,
1: and I think that, and I think that's really you know what what it was all about was they didn't want to go off the air in Vegas with that audience just completely dumping all over that finish.
0: Yep, that's what I that's what I think too.
1: And I kind of thought, you know, maybe because they were in Vegas and it doesn't have that reputation uh, being one of the hottest professional wrestling cities, I mean, although it is a wild town, you know, it's, you don't really think of it in the you know the same like that we would think of a New York, Chicago, or Philadelphia. So I was thinking, you know, maybe maybe they thought they could get out of there a little easier, but that you know that seemed like a hot crowd throughout that show. Maybe they realized, hey, we need something to calm these people down, so we don't have another uh, Philly fiasco on our hands, like they did at the Rumble a couple of years ago.
0: I think in general, this was just a genius plot to get Roman Reigns cheered. All in all, I'm, I'm quite sure that's what it was. How, the only way that you're going to get Roman Reigns cheered in this program is to advertise Brock Lesnar and then not have him show up and have Roman Reigns call him out for not showing up. I, this really feels like the Cena and Rock story from God knows how many years ago. Yeah, you know, you're the part-timer coming around for mania season, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we've heard this story before. It's just this time he's not even there to rebute because, well, number one, he's Brock Lesnar. The, the the interesting part of this is the, is it a shoot aspect? And let's just, for the sake of argument, let's say that it is 100% a shoot and Brock Lesnar no showed. All right. So let's look at the evidence. We have the picture of Brock Lesnar and Dana White. Dana White also on Sunday. uh, Well, Sunday he posted the picture with Lesnar. Then White appeared on the happy hour show with Kevin Harvick on Sirius XM Monday night and was very optimistic about Lesnar potentially returning to the UFC in his own words. They're very, very, very good. So I can't imagine that Dana White is in on this thing. That's the only, the, the the loophole here. Dana White has his own agenda. Why in the hell would Dana White be playing ball to help put this thing over for Brock Lesnar? That's where I'm
1: going into. I, I think there are some shoot elements into play, but the shoot itself has been... You know, metamorphize into the, into the work from the dump from a wrestling perspective, and why the hell wouldn't you? Right. You, you need every you need every bit of ammunition you can get your hands on. And I'm serious. Go ahead. WD needs to go out and buy all the ammunition they can right now before the liberals take it away. They need every bit of ammunition they can get their hands on right now to make sure that they got their full support behind Roman Reigns. And this is a great start. You know, he comes out in the promo. He says, your universal champ doesn't even he – he's not even your champion. He doesn't even care about this company. He doesn't care about you. It's all about his contract and what's going what's gonna to better Brock Lesnar.
0: He basically said everything that everybody else has been saying about Brock Lesnar for the right. last two years. Now, now he's, he's becoming the voice of the naysayers.
1: Yep. Now the trick is going to be, are those individuals going to bite? And I don't think it, you know, it's just not going to happen overnight. If, if they're thinking, I mean, this is going to, this is going to take a little bit and they're going to need to really let this play out through, through both characters or, you know, all characters involved. Roman has to stick to the guns here with this. He, you know, he can say, hey, you know, love or hate me. You know, I got my fans, I got my detractors, but I am here. You know, I am I am busting my butt every week. You know, you might not you might not be to your approval, but I am doing this here. He's not. And on the flip side, you gotta have Brock just come out and be like, "Yeah, you know what? So what if I was in town? I didn't feel like coming over here."
0: Paul Heyman, I he- he- adding to the narrative, put out on Twitter earlier today that the reigning defending undisputed at WWE hashtag universal champion at Brock Lesnar. And I fully intend to honor our contractual obligations and therefore will indeed appear live at the United center this Saturday night in Chicago. That tells me number one, this has gotta be a work. I mean, if, if Lesnar's not showing up for TV, he ain't showing up for a random house show in Chicago.
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, going back to it, so I'm, I don't think there's any disputing like what we what we're seeing through WWE right here on programming is uh, all work. You know, there's there's rumor even now that Brock was not even in Vegas. The
0: that thing any picture, I just I don't pictures were previously taken. I don't uh, understand how WWE gets away with this. I mean that you know there has to be people that were in that building in Anaheim who paid to see Brock Lesnar and they advertised Brock Lesnar all the way through like two thirds of the show. What's fine? It's the cards. The card's subject to change. It's part of the show. I I understand the, that man, but that's up. that's your feature draw. I mean, you well, know, I don't
1: know how much of it is. It is, and if you're WWE, you really haven't seen numbers increase decrease. Move either way when he's really involved. So it's more firepower to them to just say, hey, it's our brand that's important.
0: It's interesting. I think the other thing to oh, kind of take into consideration, take the though, the, the other thing to take into consideration here, too, is it's Brock Lesnar. It's not like I, we have had issues when it comes to Brock Lesnar every time his contract is coming up for renegotiation. Need I remind you of the shit pile that was WrestleMania 20? And Lesnar didn't want to be there, and Lesnar didn't give a shit. Lesnar doesn't want to be there. Lesnar doesn't give a shit. Lesnar's out the door the next day. Is not the Brock Lesnar that you want at WrestleMania. I mean, is it, I'm afraid that we're going to end up with a finger poke of doom match at WrestleMania. Bell's going to ring. Roman's going to spear him. That's going to be the match. I'm going to take my paycheck. Fuck you. I'm out.
1: Yeah, I think they learned from their mistakes there in the past.
0: And I think that's why we're getting
1: like, you know, all these blurred lines here. You know, if this is the case where he isn't going, you know, to, to resign or the extension or whatever the deal you know, might be, they're gonna play that into this. You know, get some serious heat on Brock on his way out here and try to use this to to put Roman over. And, and you know, we're talking about blurring those lines. I mean, you got you got apparently you've got a, a you know a pissed off Brock Lesnar who's no showing your stuff. That goes in right in line with the, the real situation with the contract. You know, he's not budging and they wanted him to take a cut. They want
0: him to play ball. And he says, no, this is what my worth is. I was actually just about to ask you how much of that's a work? How much of that did WWE purposely leak to the dirt sheets to make you think that Brock Lesnar is pissed off because they want him to take a 30% pay cut? Right. Who's it, to say it, that's not completely that's the, bullshit? There's,
1: like I said, I was going right back to the very very basics of what we got here there's some underlying truth but what works best in professional wrestling when you take reality and you just turn turn it up to 10
0: i almost feel like now in looking at it in hindsight i almost feel like this Corey graves and booker t thing was a test run for this Dude, that was that was a complete that was a complete work out the gate. People were jumping all over that. Right. So now that they know they can work the dirt sheets, let's leak to the dirt sheets that we want Brock Lesnar to take a 30% pay cut. Then let's put up a picture of him and Dana White. Then let's have him no show Monday on Raw. Like I I feel like the whole fucking thing's a work. Wait, you know, going you know, going back a couple months
1: where y- you know how where i stand on the idea of you know just the shake up in the brand dress i absolutely cannot stand it it is so lazy to me that they can't come up with a more creative outlets to, to move talent around and drive storylines and and in, and in pitching i you know all, you know alternate ideas to just you know go and say oh this week we're going to move talent around you know and come up with some other ideas you know it was always in the back of my mind you know the very foundation of that, that should be is to create a new year of KFab, and you can do that by blurring the lines of your story of, of what you got going on in your programming and the reality through your social media. You can leak things to the sheet, to the sheets. They're going to get to the fans and start really working them over. What is real? What's not? You know, is this little heat I'm seeing on television? Is this rooted in something backstage? This is what we're getting here. Well, this is a this is a reality based program that is just starting to heat up here and you know really sitting here diving into this this is probably one of the few things they're really getting right here and to throw another you know another another fold into this entire thing you know we're talking about we got brock's contract how much was that leaked how much is is it true how much is that going to play into the story well we got brock hanging out with dana white is he going back to ufc hey
0: ufc and wwe are about to go head to head for a freaking tv deal Well, and I think that's the other thing that plays into this is the Fox deal, because I'm going to throw some names at you here. And these are all names that we have heard over the course of the last week on WWE or about WWE. We obviously have Brock Lesnar. We obviously have Ronda Rousey. Now we have... Bobby Lashley coming in. We have Daniel Cormier sitting front row at ringside. We have Dana White putting up pictures with WWE talent. So what do all these people have in common? The UFC. And the UFC is on Fox. And we also now know, via the Stooge report, that Fox executives were actually at SmackDown. And I find it incredibly intriguing that not only were the Fox executives there, Colin Cowherd was in attendance, and he put up a picture on his uh, Twitter feed of where he was sitting in the crowd. He was actually sitting on the hard cam side. So they never did show them on SmackDown. You have a celebrity like Colin Cowherd there, and you're not putting that over? It's almost like WWE didn't want you to know that Fox was in attendance. But now, thanks to Cowherd's show from yesterday, I mean, I've been listening to Cowherd for like 11 years now. I've never heard him put over professional wrestling. But now he's opening his show with a six minute monologue about what a great time he had while he was at SmackDown and meeting Stephanie McMahon and their work schedule and how WWE doesn't need gronk and all this other shit. Holy crap, we have Colin Cowherd covering pro wrestling now. Really?
1: I was gonna say, you know, you go back a long time with him. I started listening to him probably around 04, 05. Been a long time fan. And I and I know I want to clear up a few things out there. I know there are some you know some wrestling fans that are giving him giving him the flack over. Well, he's he's never he's never like professional wrestling. He's always disrespect always disrespecting the business. You know, just to clear some things up. He always pays. He um, always shows a great deal of gratitude and respect towards the actual performers themselves. You know, he he very much understands it is their business, it is their craft, and he appreciates that. There have been a few times where he's called out the industry over per- performance-enhancing substance abuse. I, I think that is fair, though, because you know there has been issues with it. Maybe his timing hasn't been right, but. Steroids are a problem in professional wrestling. But overall, his main beef has been with the wrestling marks. It's the fans that he goes after. And I've always kind of just taken it as a great of salt because, hey, you know, in, in any form of entertainment there, it's about generating some heat. And when you go after, you know, the majority of us wrestling fans, it's really easy to pick a fight. We are very defensive.
0: You know, I feel like this whole Fox... Um, oh, courting, if you will, started almost a year ago when SmackDown changed around their graphics package. And we were like, wow, that seems really UFC style. And they have added in so many little instances here and there, dropping little hints. It's going to be very, very interesting to see where this goes. And then you also have what's going on on 205 Live. Where you're getting like two matches in an hour and they're hard hitting NXT style, strong style matches and people are just eating it up. And if that's not UFC style sports entertainment in the hybrid of the two, I don't know what is. It's going to be very interesting to see how this thing shakes out.
1: You know, there are so many subtle adjustments they're making to WWE programming. You're correct. It just screamed UFC. You know, we've been picking them up here on this show for weeks. What's really interesting to me is if they do get this deal done, how much is it going to evolve WWE programming?
0: There's a lot of UFC content on Fox right now between the Fox OTA signal and FS one if WWE is going to replace all that programming, that's a lot of freaking programming. Well, it's a ton of programming there, but you know, I just want to get down like to the very
1: basics. There, you know, the big rumor in this report is that the flagship program Raw is going to be given on the main outlet, the national outlet, the OTA Fox,
0: signal. Yep,
1: is going to be,
0: you know, that's going to be Mondays from eight to ten. Yep, because Fox only broadcasts two hours worth of prime programming everything else by like on your local fox station that is all done at the local level with the exception of two hours every night that's all that fox national covers
1: right so you don't get that eight to ten slot before you kick into your local news which is always in whatever market you're in one of the more popular programs anyway uh but you know i but you're replacing that on it whatever whatever platform you're We're speaking about here, though, especially, though, the big one, you're replacing UFC, which is a legitimate combat sport. You're going to replace that with professional wrestling. Now, granted, there's always going to be a leeway for professional wrestling because, yes, you're going to have the characters and and the drama and the storytelling. But you need but you're going to have to present it in a much realistic, much more realistic and serious manner. Than than what we're getting right now, so I mean, th- I mean, hopefully that means the end of of Snapchat filters and ass pancakes.
0: Man, these Snapchat filters. I mean, w- when they did it the first week, we were like, okay, that was an idea. It didn't work, so let's put that over here. And rather than them putting it over here, they've like tripled it. What the? F- what are you people thinking?
1: Knock it, it, it is- off. And it's terrible. It's, it's one of those things that when – because, you know, I'm, there's times that I'm out and about for work. I have an event going on or, you know, I've, I've just got done with a meeting and I'll hang around for dinner or, you know, to have a drink. And, I, and I'm sitting there conversing with, you know, other, you know, other people that are out and about and I'll, and I'll have wrestling put on. It's things like that. You know, when, when I see these filters on television or when I see the New Day come out, it's, it's quite embarrassing. And now you're going to want to, you're going to put this on primetime television and you're hoping that this is going to, you know, to fill the needs for, you know, those viewers that, that want a legitimate sporting contest. I I just don't see where where that flies. And even, but one thing that, that worries me on the flip side of that is we're starting to see is, you know, some matches that are, you know, just, without rhyme or reason, they're just running some things out there, but they're giving they're giving them quite a bit of time. You know, two weeks ago we had a two hour seven man gauntlet match. Now, how long did Miz just go this last week in a couple of matches back to back?
0: Yeah, quite a while.
1: That that seems more to me like what you see from UFC programming.
0: Yep. Yep. And I mean even the interview I, styles but- and everything else. It, it all I, I, feels very UFC presented. It's it's almost like we're we're trying to do what New Japan does with the sports like presentation without doing the sports like presentation. We want we want to maintain our sports entertainment, but we want it to feel real.
1: Well, my my biggest fear there is that they're going to lose their traditional storytelling. The most beautiful thing about professional wrestling is that there's some emotion. And drama behind the action that's going on inside the ring. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I've never really been able to get into MMA. I, I'm not I don't get overly excited about seeing two people just go out there and destroy each other for no apparent reason or just even over a championship. Right. I, I want something I can buy into. I, I want some drama. I want some build behind it. WWE has to they need to realize they they need to refocus on very simplistic. Connectional storytelling and characters and th- use that as your foundation and then build on that with the great athleticism of these incredible talents that they
0: have today. Speaking of incredible talents, let's, uh, let's talk about the only man that they trust to uh, be on both shows, one Mr. John Cena. So Monday night, Cena comes out and he drops the bomb that he's calling out The Undertaker. And that place went nuts when he calls out The Undertaker. And then he says, yeah, I've been told that match is not happening. That that match is impossible. And now you know what it feels like to be disappointed. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second, but let's stick with the Cena part of this equation. Cena says, so I have a new road to WrestleMania I'm going to SmackDown. And I'm thinking, yep, this is exactly how I wrote it. He's going to go over there. He's going to challenge Nakamura. It's going to be Nakamura versus uh, Cena at uh, Fastlane for the number one contendership. Cena's going to lose, blah, 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 blah. Cena gets over to SmackDown. Everything's going exactly the way it planned. And instead, we end up with John Cena inside of this Fatal five-way black hole that is SmackDown Live. Rick, I shit you not. I was laying in bed, had my eyes closed, trying to get some rest before work. Cena's cutting his promo. And as soon as Here Comes the Money came on, I opened my eyes and I looked at the screen and I saw the black hole that is SmackDown Live engulf John Cena.
1: You know, man, uh, I I wish they had gone with your scenario. But if you remember, before you had pitched that one, I said, don't be surprised if he gets added to this cluster of a WWE championship match.
0: Well, and the logic there was, well, okay, yeah, that works. But what the fuck's Nakamura going to do? We're going to get Nakamura and Rusev.
1: I I think, you know, we're talking about. Let's not jump too far. Let's let's stick I mean, on
0: the Cena thing. Here. Yeah, I, there, there's so many moving parts. It's just the black hole is absorbing well, I, everybody. You
1: know, well, you know, for me to go back, this entire thing. You're right. The, the the live audience, those that were watching at home, they were popping over the mention of Cena versus Undertaker. Absolutely. Uh, immediately, when I heard it come out of his mouth. I I began shaking my head and I I just could not believe that they were going this route. It it was so lowest common denominator booking to me. Oh, yeah. It's it's the epitome of... I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe they were going this route and then as I was sitting there just kind of just letting it just sink in, I... I started remembering, you know, things that that I've learned listening to the likes of you know the great Benjamin, Mr. BWO, Stevie Cool, um, Vince Russo, Jim Cornette, you know, Taz. So many that have been there and lived through this thing, and they constantly remind us: there's some things on television that we'll see and hear that we just don't get. Like, why would they do this? Why are they going this route? You know. What is up with this just lowbrow, you know, strategy or booking on their behalf? And it's—I honestly think the reason they, that they did it's because someone in the back—it was—it was a rip. Someone in the back was getting a, a you know, a kick out of it. Oh, they—you know—they—they've been saying the sheets have been reporting this and the rumor mill, and they're so—they are so set in stone that we're going this way.
0: Let's just go out there and blatantly make a joke out of it. Well, and and the thing that was absolutely hilarious about the entire thing is then the next day, like it didn't even take them probably a full day. The next day we're hearing, yep, Undertaker's not going to be medically cleared in time. Instead, Rey Mysterio is going to be at SmackDown. He's signing his paperwork. We're going to have Rey Mysterio versus John Cena at WrestleMania. And it's just like, holy shit, people. Can, Can somebody just talk to Undertaker? (laughs)
1: <laughs> hey again and i think you know all these guys that say hey we, we we do our research we're you know we're the sluice in there we're, we're getting to all the dirt we're finding out what's what's real what's not how hard is it for you know all you guys have been in this business for for how long you guys got all the you know you know you have someone inside here and there
0: no one can get the undertaker and ask him or, or Mysterio uh, for that matter. And well, then it comes out Mysterio wasn't at SmackDown. He was at the house show Monday night.
1: Hey, here's here's another great thing. It's going back to the conversation we had just a moment ago. Using the sheets to create your own sense of kayfabe. You know, really yep. blurring those lines. Confusing, and confusing the fans. And I have to tell you, I, I'm all for it. I, I'm really digging what's going on here. You, you brought up Mysterio here immediately when it happened. You know, all of our great, contributors and followers and friends and fans over Nahami media discussion group, you know, my DMS were, were, were blowing up. I mean, my, my phone was going off left and right. I was trying to ignore it. I was trying to get some rest, but it got to a point where I had to start answering and, and they're like, Oh, can you believe this? I said, I don't. And I said, no. And you know, they, the, you know the question was, and it's awesome? Do you believe it's happening? My response was, no, I just don't believe it's, ha- I don't believe any of this at all. I think this is a complete work.
0: Yep, me too.
1: I, I'm not buying into any of this here.
0: Yep. Nope, I'm. I'm still. I feel very much we're going to get Cena and Undertaker at WrestleMania. And, and to me, I to me, at this point, it almost has to be
1: Cena and Undertaker. And for some I, and reason, this is not. I, I'm not knocking Rey Mysterio in any way. He is. He is a legend in this business. Uh, arguably, the the greatest cruiser to ever touch uh, North American soil. Definitely in WWE, he is Mysterio versus Cena. One, I don't have faith in WWE creative to give me a compelling enough story to actually get behind the match, other than hey, it's just two old legends going at it. And and the biggest reason, and I'm like I said, this is no knock against him. He's not Undertaker. It is no Mysterio versus Cena is nowhere near the level. Of Cena versus Taker, especially for in a match that is designed to target casuals and throwback
0: fans. Well, here's the thing for me I absolutely love Rey Mysterio coming back. I absolutely want to see AJ Styles versus Rey Mysterio. I want to see Rey Mysterio as one of the feature acts on SmackDown Live. But Rey Mysterio versus John Cena just, it feels like Monday Night Raw in 2011. It doesn't feel like a big match at WrestleMania. It could, but not on six weeks build. You know, it, it, it's just not. That's where i going. going. I don't trust. The, I don't trust their creative minds. To give us a compelling story. Well, and I think the biggest part of that is there's no way when you look at those two guys side by side, I don't care how much weight Rey Mysterio lifts. He is dwarfed by John Cena. He does not even visually in any way, shape or form look like a threat to John Cena. I mean, you have to build that program inside of a good creative program, but to just throw them together, I mean, at least Undertaker, regardless of how beat up he is, he towers over Cena. He looks intimidating. Rey Mysterio and Cena? Nah. Well, and, and also with the Undertaker, I don't care about his age. He's
1: always built and presented as this unstoppable demonic force. Yep. That's, Rey Mysterio is built as this huge underdog. So now you're gonna have the underdog Coming in to challenge a guy who's been lost on his road to WrestleMania. Yeah, it just seems
0: very, very odd.
1: The, the, the Cena, the Cena story with Undertaker is where they have laid their roots. Any other direction they go with is going to be a major disappointment. But you know, to me, you know, coming out Monday and just blatantly, one thing I got from that, from the promo there, uh, yell as loud as you can, point at a sign and yell WrestleMania as many times as you can. Ah, uh, that's that's for a successful promo right now, but you know, just come out and blatantly name drop that. It never should have been mentioned. Maybe, maybe like, maybe you know, those subtle jabs in there. Like we go back a couple go days ago, where he said, you know, WrestleMania can revive a dead man's career.
0: Is so it whatever he said then? Maybe something like that. But just don't come out and blatantly say it. Well, and I mean, this actually goes back almost a year. When uh, we were building to the uh, mixed tag match at WrestleMania last year and Cena made the comment, you know, if I had my way, I'd be facing the Undertaker. Right. So, I mean, that you can actually trace this all the way back to that. I don't right now.
1: Coming off of 24 hours, you know, less than 24 hours after being eliminated from the chamber where he thought this is my this is my road right here. I can get back to where I need to be if I win this. I can go challenge Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. At Raw, you shouldn't have run. You shouldn't have run typical Cena out there to rally up the crowd and give you this big emotional speech where he's yelling over the top. He should have been just a you know a dejected, beaten being. They should have just done something backstage with him. Maybe where he showed up at Raw, and they were planning on using him for something, but he asked for the night off. Like you know what. I, I just got to get out of here i, I got to clear my head and i i can't be here on raw you know i my road is somewhere else i've
0: realized that now
1: i'm going to smackdown yeah you know, i'm a free agent i can go where i'm going to go there and see if there's an opportunity there for me
0: uh i think the promo that you want to see is the one that was aired on raw talk immediately after the elimination I, you
1: know what I, you you are 100 percent correct as we were talking over on um, the Hacker Hameen Media Group in the locker room on Monday, you know, we, you and I were there each and every Monday. Uh, this week, we were joined by our good friend Big Ray Hernandez. Uh, major thanks for, to him for joining us over there. You mentioned that, and at the time, I didn't give it a listen. Uh, as you know, this week I've been resting up, laying in bed. It was something that I put on my on my must-do list when I had the energy, so I was able to check it out. That is the exact promo we should have gotten on Raw
0: Yep, yep, that's the promo that you were looking for Uh, So Styles goes over to SmackDown We get the interaction with Shane O'Mac Which was a little bit too comedic for my taste And uh, we end up with Cena versus Styles on SmackDown For a 20-minute main event I think it ended up going like 22 minutes, something like that. And basically, what we're left with now is Styles versus everyone. 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 Were you trying to lift our gimmick here in Ohio? Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. So, that's basically what SmackDown has become now. It is the black hole that is Styles versus everyone. Everyone. Yeah, I, now, I know
1: coming I know coming into this show, you and I were prepared to, you know, kind of rewrite this where it would have made so much more sense for Cena and Nakamura here. We would have rewritten this complete opening. Uh, we would have added some depth to the story, gave reason for fans to get emotionally invested. But as we were running through the run here just before airtime, kind of getting our thoughts together, it, it dawned on us. Now we know why they went this direction. Of course, it was the previous mention. We had all
0: the Fox execs in the, Fox, the house,
1: the Fox execs have one of their main talking heads sitting there front row, checking out the show.
0: And what was your match of the year for 2017? John Cena versus AJ Styles. So what are we going to give them? John Cena versus AJ Styles. And, and, you know, looking at it from that perspective,
1: it is hard to knock their decision.
0: Yeah, no, I it, when you consider it in that context, it makes a lot of sense. You know what
1: you know what I am curious about as we're sitting here talking about this and and I'm thinking about this from, you know, my professional experience when we're running an event or a promotion and maybe I've got some clients or, you know, event sponsors coming in that may not be as familiar with what we have going on or or maybe the establishment that we're at or the function that we're presenting, if they're not as familiar with it, you know, I usually go for, to a great deal of, of prep with them to get them up to speed with what's going on. So that there isn't things that go over their head or maybe they, they misinterpreted something. I wonder how much time was spent bringing Cowherd and these, and these Fox representatives up
0: to speed. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that because you reminded me of one other point I wanted to make about that cowherd rant. Guess how he introduced Stephanie McMahon to his global audience. Yeah, I met Stephanie McMahon backstage. Uh, You might have heard of her dad, Vince. That's how Stephanie McMahon was introduced. Not as the chief branding officer, as Vince's daughter. Good job with that Ronda Rousey getting her over in the mainstream thing. You would think at this point that the entire mainstream would know who Stephanie McMahon is because it would have gotten all this press. Nope. Coming out of Elimination Chamber. Well, it I, was in the number four WWE story. Well, no,
1: here's the problem with that is, you know, is, is we is we regularly go back to it's they jam six weeks of television into 60. Try to do it into 60 minutes or a segment. Yep. If you would have been running, and you didn't have to have them physically there since Rumble to be building this thing up, there was a, there's countless other ways you could have got the hype going behind this thing. But they waited. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna do it all within 24 hours, and everyone's gonna catch on to this thing. Wrong.
0: Yeah. No. Didn't didn't quite work out that way. The the number one story coming out of Elimination Chamber on ESPN's WWE page, Alexa Bliss retains. Rousey was down there at story number four.
1: Well, so, so go real
0: quick here. Since we know why they went with this match, uh,
1: why they wanted seen in it in that main event there versus AJ Styles. Uh, and especially because then you have, you know, you got. You have the you best know. in the world versus <laughs> your biggest star. Right. Well, and then you also have, you know, just the subtle touches of. Those guys are ooh, there's one of their belts is in the final match. You know, that's a mm-hmm. and the WWE championship's a good looking championship, you know? So that's that's on display there. You've got John Cena who's the movie star who I guarantee, you know, their cowherd and those executives might not have known who AJ Styles is. But everyone who's gonna make a decision through Fox damn well knows who John Cena
0: is. Yep. And you you can watch that- Styles for ten seconds and know he's the best in the world. Was that the deciding factor with the clean finish as well? I assume so. I assume okay. so. It wouldn't so, even surprise me if that's the entire reason that Cena is being added into this main event was just so that they could do this on SmackDown, and then they were like, "Shit, what are we gonna do with Nakamura then if we're gonna put Styles in that match?
1: Okay. Uh, so, uh, give him Rusev." Okay, so we're not gonna we're not gonna crap over the decisions with Cena and Styles going into the six the six pack challenge. But now let's, you're right, now let's shift to something I know you are just waiting to jump all over. It's that we are going to crap on. What, why? is The apparent match, I think it's pretty clear to anyone that was watching, that we're going to get Nakamura versus Rusev.
0: Are they seriously so fucking stupid what? That, that, what? that they think that Rusev what, is a heel?
1: When you, when you got up that evening and got to work, what was the first message you got from me?
0: uh, are they stupid enough to do Nakamura versus Rusev? And I thought on it for like an hour and I was like, yep, they are they're, they're They are that stupid. Um, the, the wrestling fan in me wants to say, this is a double turn. We're going to turn Nakamura heel. We're going to, officially turn rusev babyface inside of the narrative even though he has legitimately been a babyface since what november Uh, and you know you could even make
1: arguments that he's had babyface qualities uh for for almost over a year now because you know most of his beefs with other individuals is that he was trying to stick up for his own and and like protect his wife yeah i know that fucking rat bastard (laughs) Yeah, but just because he is from another country, it doesn't like that he doesn't like America. Well, guess what? Here's a huge portion of this: the people that are here that hate America,
0: and then and then also the other narrative becomes: if you watch Total Divas, you know Rusev loves America. Rusev loves that he can go out in his cowboy boots and a speedo and mow his front yard, cause America.
1: That's, dude. They have like a uh, a brute. Um, oh man, it was just the tip of my tongue. What's what's the guy that? Uh, Cohen plays the character. Who? Sasha Cohen plays the character. The foreigner that comes over to America. He's like he falls in love with Pam Anderson.
0: Borat. Oh yes. <clears throat> he's like a badass Borat. Yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah, he's the brute Borat. Hashtag brute Borat. Sure, Billy Ray Valentine will pop for that. So, Nakamura versus Rusev, is that kind of what we're expecting at Fastlane now? Well, You, you get this...
1: It, why weren't... Like, they didn't even advertise Nakamura anywhere on the show. This like came up out of nowhere.
0: They haven't advertised Nakamura on any show since he won the fucking Royal Rumble. Well, I know. So, you know, going in immediately, it's like, well, I guess the
1: Royal Rumble winner, he's not going to get any more time on He's not going to get any time on the show. And then, like, it was like right before break, it's like the show earlier in the day when English and Rusev are in management's office and we get this match set up.
0: I see now I am seriously questioning if this was set up to be exactly what we thought it was supposed to be cena and nakamura and then the fox executives came in and they shifted to cena and styles because they wanted that match and then it became shit now what do we do with nakamura that's that's seriously feels like the creative process to get to nakamura versus rusev I, i think you're probably right there everything was
1: probably on the fly uh hey these you know what They were probably trying to set this up for a while. You know, they were out in Los Angeles, but it might have been something, you know, where maybe they knew they had somebody coming in or they had meetings earlier in the day and it evolved into, they want to come actually check this thing out. They want to be back, not only backstage to see what we've got going on, they they want to take in the live, they want to be right there to take in the, the live event experience. Yeah.
2: Hmm, so, you know,
1: we, we better get our heads out of our asses and put our bets, our best foot forward here.
0: Uh, well, and also kind of going along inside of that narrative, the new day promo. Biggie got a little serious there for a second. He wasn't you know, happy, joking, laughing Biggie like he normally is. All of a sudden it was like, oh shit, that's, that that's Biggie Langston.
1: As I'm sure – I would love to actually get a real take from, from Mr. Coward or anyone that was there, you know, the differences. You know, if, if they were enjoying these characters, uh, you know, join, join the over-the-top cartoonish little acts at times. You know, because it – and I, I – mean, you know, I was saying earlier, if you're sitting there watching and New Day comes out, it's a bit embarrassing. But, hey, they flipped a switch here. Mm-hmm. They flipped that switch almost, you know, like when they were going after the shield. Things got very real for for them, and and I'll give them some credit when they turned up the heat. It kind of reminded me of when it was good, how good the program was between the Usos and the New Day.
0: Yep, yep.
1: But then it, I'll give them all the credit in the world there. I, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to this match if they approach it as, hey, you know, we're, we're revisiting this man. There's still some heat between us. But then I'm sorry, it all went out the window when the Bludgeon Brothers came in, and this is not against the talent. I actually I, I want more and better for Harper and Rowan. They are some incredibly gifted, you know, individuals. Great as a team, but this gimmick is just terrible.
0: Oh well, well, we'll we'll get to the tag division here in a little bit. Uh, let, let let's go back to Styles versus everyone. Everyone. Uh, So I assume what what I ideally would like to have happen anyway, AJ Styles pins John Cena to retain the WWE championship at Fastlane, right? Six-pack challenge, it's going to be first pinfall or submission, right? Styles Mm -hmm. pins Cena. Cena fails again. I assume that's the story that we're going with here.
1: I think you almost you need to you need to give that win back to your champ. Uh, it's also over the biggest name in the match. It gets Cena back on on path for you know his journey within finding his way to WrestleMania after missing opportunity after opportunity. Uh, it it I guess protects all the other SmackDown brand competitors.
0: That's a good point too. Cena's on one hell of a losing streak here. I, I, I think that's the best business. Styles pins Cena to retain at Fastlane.
1: So we've got what we have. One more there. I can see you know yeah. You got let John be a little cocky on social media this week. You know I've done it. You know I I I got the best. I pinned the WWE champ. This is it. You know I was just a little bit off in those other attempts, but I those just made me stronger. I got AJ's number now. I can do this and have AJ get him.
0: Yep. Yep. I think that's the best business. Even start the hashtag quest for 17. Uh, So let's move over to the Jersey Mike segment presented by Kleenex.
2: Introducing new softer Kleenex tissues. Now in prettier packages. Sometimes a little change can make a big difference. Kleenex. Softer. Prettier.
0: I guess let's start with Ronda Rousey because I don't really know where else to throw her in if it's not the Jersey Mike segment. So me and you both acknowledge at this point that this is going to be absolutely god-fucking-awful. But we've kind of come to the realization that we're going to be stuck with Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Stephanie. So under the assumption that this is going to be terrible... Let's try to be as optimistic as we possibly can. How can we save this program?
1: Yeah, I do like how they're, they're not really in, in a storyline that they are obviously rushing to try to get, you know, to get what they should have been kind of slowly burning to over, since the Rumble over the course of the last month. Uh, they are rushing it now. I do like that they're not so quick to say it's going to be Kirk.
0: Yeah, and uh, I they, think they're even they, an
1: open end if they can get a bigger, better name that they'll make the swap out.
0: Well, and here's the thing that really, really got me on this show, and I'm not sure if you actually saw this part of the show or not because you were kind of in and out of consciousness. At one point on the show, there's a shot of a limo backstage, but I never saw anybody get out of the limo. And then they advertise, you know, the Rousey segment's coming up next. My brain goes, okay, so there's a limo. You're in Anaheim. So you're in Los Angeles, California, almost. My brain immediately went to, oh shit, that's the fucking rock. But no, we, we, we never get the payoff and I, it just, it feels fucking weird. Like, why did we get that shot? Are we supposed to believe that was Hunter and Stephanie? Are we supposed to believe that was Rousey? I'm, I'm confused here. But I very much feel like this is going to be Rousey and Angle, the Olympians versus the authority. Yeah, I am, you know, right now,
1: as you said, it does us no good to to sit and, and keep harping on how did how much, much better
0: have, it could have been.
1: How it could have been better, how they've botched it so far. It is happening. It is going to be a marquee match. How do we now how, how, how does how does this work going forward? It, but to make it work going forward, I think we do have to to address the number one concern that you and I have is in the presentation of this story, and especially, you know, a running theme through you know our episode here it's going to be a running theme through WrestleMania through you know countless conversations that that many wrestling journalists and fans and whoever they're going to have here is you know is that crossover you know the, the difference between those from UFC and wrestling from MMA and wrestling you don't want them to look at this thing and be like oh yeah She definitely went to wrestling to get away from fighting because look at this joke that she's in. Yeah. The trick is, how are you going to present this as something else other than that?
0: And I got nothing. That's the problem. I got nothing.
1: I, I think really to get this thing heated up at its very base, I think we need to start with number one. We need to save Kurt Angle.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, we we have to completely rebuild Kurt Angle in order for this thing to work. And it's like that's great that you've given him a a set of balls a little bit here in the last week or so. But then you chopped him off on Monday when he comes out and he apologizes to Stephanie, and he's right back to being feeble old broken McFoley and that's what i I really didn't like
1: that. and I guess it's if i I think in the in the eyes of Stephanie. And Triple H, because I'm sure they have a lot of hand in how this is being developed. And and as you, we were saying, you know, they're trying to jam so much in within a 24-hour period here. So they're really hammering home the point that Kurt needs to fall in line. They need to show that he is broke. He's a broken man. That, that they can control him. They pull his strings. Well, the problem is they've already established that the moment he took that job. Yep. They don't need to reconfirm that to the fans. We all know he's a broken he's a broken bitch at this point.
0: And this would be very different if we hadn't already seen Kurt in the ring twice.
1: I think at this point all right, so we do have this there. So at this point, Triple H came out and gave him a reminder Monday. He jacked him in the back of the head after he he came and, and played ball for Stephanie. Gave him the Gronk. Handed, oh yeah. Handed, <laughs> One shot you know, back of the head. Give him the Gronk. Uh, it, it, he got his balls back on loan for about 24 hours. He had to hand those back over to Stephanie. Yep. Uh, and then just add, you know, I guess injury to insult. He gets the Gronk from, from Triple H. I really hope, since it's, it's, they're it's, 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 it's about doing things in fast motion here, I want to see him come out next week and, and just flat out, you know what? This isn't me. To hell with everybody. To hell with trip And just
0: let him shoot. Let him shoot about. <clears throat> you want intensity, integrity, and intelligence, Kurt Angle, not feeble, old, broken down, Kurt Angle.
1: Let him shoot. All, yeah, yeah. He's the three eyes. He's the Kurt Angle that didn't need this. Uh, how many years ago when he told WWE and especially Triple H and Stephanie McMahon to stick it, he went somewhere else and made another company, where he spent Damn. the majority of his career. Where he will be remembered. Those those highlights in his career would be from that promotion, not because of them. You know, he came back to WWE for the WWE universe, not to be a puppet and a whipping boy. He's here to make a stance now. And then, then somewhere in there, you you know, so he just can't fire him. You know, he's got to ha- show that Kurt has some brains, that he went and did some homework this week, and he got to put in place that his position is protected right now.
0: I think all you need here is a, a very quick visit from Vince. Just have Vince make the match, say this is what's going to happen. I'm sick of this. She's a star. We brought her in to make a whole bunch of money. Get over it. It's going to be interesting to see how this thing unfolds and if they can attempt to save this program.
1: I, I, you know, just, I know at this point, interjecting Vince is just seems so simple for me. I, I'd really just, I, I'd like to I, I just hope that they restart with Angle.
0: So let's uh, talk about the uh, WWE Raw Women's Championship and and how in the world we're going to get to whatever we're going to get to at WrestleMania. Uh, on, on this episode of Raw, we ended up with Mickey, Alexa, and Nia versus Sasha, Bailey, and Asuka, uh, with uh, Bailey giving Sasha a, a form of a receipt here. Uh, there, there's a couple different storylines going on inside of the women's division and. specifically inside of this match. I mean, this match was obviously about Sasha and Bailey. Um, so I guess let's, let's start there with Sasha and Bailey. Do you see these two ending up one-on-one at WrestleMania or do you see these two in a fatal four way, fatal five way, fatal six way that pits, you know, Alexa defending against Mickey, Nia, Sasha, Bailey, Asuka.
1: You know, the last couple of weeks, I, I have been standing behind this program. I actually am enjoying it. Everyone knows I'm not necessarily a fan of Sasha Banks. Uh, but I but I do like the slow burn we're getting here. I think it is a great story for the undercard. And we need, you know, storylines across the entire, the cr- entire board of WWE. So you're this going something- with
0: the one-on-one at Mania? No, I actually think that is a huge mistake. I agree completely. I think the uh, one-on-one I- has to happen in Brooklyn.
1: I think you could drag it out that long. I think that would be a great uh, a great payoff for it. And these these two have a lot. Of, they have a, between the two, they have an extended fan base. There's a lot of people invested in what they got going on. And this is a story that works. You know, it, it's worked before, and it's had a very slow burn here in WWE, and it's really starting to heat up now. I, I think the worst thing that could happen to this program is for it to have any kind of singles encounter at WrestleMania. You know, if, if it would be the blow off or just a, a stop along the, the ride in the program. Uh, mainly because, you know, let's be realistic here. You've got at the top of your priority list, you got Rousey and Stephanie. Then you've got the two women's championships. So at best, you're hoping this... It's like fourth billing for women.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say if you're going to end up with four women's matches on Mania, which I would say f- m- you might get four, including Rousey. Yeah. I guess this would be the fourth. Okay. So this is four here. Um, I'm just afraid that's a pre-show main event.
1: Well, I'm going to say, you know, I, I don't see where this gets this doesn't it doesn't it doesn't fall on the main card i mean this is pre-show and i think what you've got enough time here and you can get enough following and if you can get enough interest and get the fans invested in this thing it deserves a bigger spotlight
0: i'm fine with this being on the pre-show as long as the fact that it was on the pre-show becomes part of the storyline. And by that, I mean, I want Sasha degrading Bailey saying my match with you wasn't even worthy of being on the main card.
1: Let's see. You got one, two, three. Looks like you get like nine matches on the main card. I just don't think four of those are going to be. No, you're going to have three. Right.
0: Rousey Uh, and the two titles.
1: So when I'm going to go back to what I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, I really think we're going to get a fatal four way involving Bliss, Nia, Bailey, and Banks here. And that could be pushed to a five if they want to include Mickey. I, I just think maybe at some point, and I hate to say this because she's such an amazing talent, uh, that, that Mickey might just get that odd person out kind of treatment. I, I guess I'm going to stick with that with the direction they're going, uh, but then again, you know, it's they really keep pushing the fact that it's going to be Bliss in Oscar, and ignoring that Oscar still has the opportunity to challenge whoever she wants. And I do believe that the better matches—I know you disagree with me—the better matches in Oscar and Charlotte. But from a storyline point, though, if you're Oscar, I mean, unless you take care of these, you know, these snotty raw girls within the next week or so wouldn't you want to get your revenge against them
0: right now yeah like at this point doesn't it feel like it should be personal like oscar versus bliss is personal at this point
1: yeah you know this is beyond like going to wrestlemania and challenging for a championship this is uh yeah it's not about
0: i want to beat charlotte because i'm the best no i want to beat your ass because you're a bitch yeah and i want to take your belt right
1: yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah, I would embarrass you on the biggest possible stage and take your belt and shut your mouth. Yep. Yep. And, and there ain't nothing that you and all
0: your little friends
1: can sit there and do about
0: it. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm not sure what in the hell is going to happen here. Um, Sasha Bailey is probably one of the more intriguing spots on the show. Some people taking it as a Bailey heel turn. I can tell you why it wasn't a Bailey heel turn, because Bailey came back to save Asuka. That means it's not a heel turn. This was a personal thing against Sasha Banks. If anything, I think there was a heel turn here. I think Bayley officially has turned Sasha Banks' heel. Because if you're looking at this from Sasha's perspective, yeah, I took you out at the Rumble. How many people win the Rumble? One. Every woman for herself. Yeah, I tried to take you out at the Elimination Chamber. How many people win the Elimination Chamber? One. Every woman for herself. You were my tag team partner, and you stabbed me in the front. Fuck All you, right, Bailey. I, I, no, I like this. Uh, there was a subtle. I think what really set
1: Bailey off here was just a, a subtle little advancement in in this slow burn here. Early in the match, Bailey's in the ring working. Uh, I, I can't exactly remember who she's working over. Maybe it was Bliss that she had. She's working <laughs> Bliss, and Bliss kind of. Backs her into her own quarter a little bit. But Bailey still has her in a lock. She still has the upper hand. And Sasha very sternly tags herself in. Without Bailey reaching for a tag, she was just in reach of Sasha, who gave her a very firm it was pretty on stiff. the back.
0: It was and pretty they stiff. Even,
1: they acknowledged it on commentary. Yep. So at this point, your Bailey, it's like, Every time my back is turned to her, she takes some sort of advantage of me.
0: So I stabbed her in the front.
1: So to me, that is Bailey, you know, and maybe it's the heat of the moment. I would, I would suspect, you know, we're going to get some kind of confrontation between these two, and Bailey's going to vent a little bit. Every time I've got my back to you, you are doing something to me. I lost my cool. I'm sorry. I think this is just another just another wrinkle in in this in what I think is a very interesting slow burn story here.
0: Yeah. I I want him to slow burn this thing all the way till SummerSlam because I feel like Brooklyn is as much of a character inside of this story as Sasha or Bailey. Uh next week on the show, we are going to get Nia Jax versus Asuka. Why in the fuck are we getting Nia Jax versus Asuka again? How many times does Asuka have to beat this bitch up? I'm, I'm sick of I this, I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of
1: lost with this one. Uh, I, I will say, I, I don't even know what I can say. I, I always, I'm going to give a little bit of credit because I, I do think that what they've got going on in the actual division is, is head. Heads above what they've got going on with you know the the, the featured women players and Rousey and Stephanie. Uh, they're getting some people involved here. and uh, There's some different directions they could go in. Uh, I I guess the most thing I'm looking forward to is if they can just somehow get Jacks out of this thing.
2: Yeah, but um, I know,
1: I, but I know that's
0: not happening right. So over it. So over it. Uh, also on Smackdown, we got a little bit of the continued build between Ruby Riot and your precious Sharshar. Uh, we haven't really touched on this much here lately. Uh, Rick, are you looking forward to this? Is, has this program done anything for you? Because it has done nothing for me.
1: Uh, it's done absolutely nothing for me because this, this is a perfect example of how how far SmackDown has fallen when it comes to a level of an importance as compared to Raw. Uh, you know, they, they are making efforts over on Raw for some of these storylines. SmackDown, it's just, can, you know, it's if it's not about the management black hole, it's just back to the same old routine of let's just run whatever out there, uh, get everyone in the division involved what we can, and just hopefully something works here. When uh, there's something... There's nothing intriguing about this.
0: When is the last time one of the authority figures on SmackDown even addressed what's going on in the women's division?
1: I'm not even sure if they still know that it's even going on.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous when I really stop and think about it. Like, how has the black hole completely avoided the women's division? We got to get Brie Bella somehow involved in this.
1: I, I think the, the only thing on, you know, like Daniel Bryan's mind is what is Shane doing and where are the ballots for our top 10?
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, very much enjoyed Shane walking around eating popcorn. You know that, that, that was definitely the highlight of SmackDown for me this week.
1: But hey, hey, you know, yeah, on. one of the things that, that really got me this week, and they do it all the time, and I've noticed it before. But you know, as I talk to you and get you know get to absorb all of your television knowledge about how you know how they shoot certain things and making things look realistic. So they go back there. And, oh, Shane's eating this popcorn. But, you know, we always got, like, the one room in the back that has, like, the big monitor where people just randomly go to watch matches. But Brian and Shane, they're, their chests are facing away from the, the television, so obviously looking at the camera, but they're watching over their shoulders. <laughs> I that just drove me fucking crazy this week.
0: Yeah, they, you know, if you saw the back of a TV you would never know that it was a TV. Like, you know, you why can't you just shoot it to where they're looking at the TV and you see the back of the TV and they're looking towards the camera? Right. It's like, unless you can see the screen moving, you have no idea that it's a real TV. Uh, I, it's so freaking
2: absurd.
1: It may be like going to the movie theater and you face the projector, but then turn like turn your
0: head to look at the screen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so let, let's talk about one of the programs that I actually am excited about going f- towards WrestleMania, and that's the Intercontinental Championship. It looks like we are heading towards a triple threat, which does not make me happy, but I actually like all three of these talents. So this this may be the highlight of the, uh, of the day for me. The Miz defending the Intercontinental Championship against Finn Balor And Seth Rollins. Uh, I was kind of hoping, you know, that it would be, you know, Balor versus Miz or Balor versus Rollins. I guess this is the next best thing since we can't do one on one matches anymore at WrestleMania. We have to get as many people involved as we possibly can. I'm actually okay. I am with you. You know, I'm more
1: the traditionalist, especially for the championship bouts. I like to see a, a classic one on one, but I like this one. And we and we both suggested we would have been fine with either Rollins or Balor against Miz challenging for the championship there. What I didn't like
0: about is how this
1: how this announcement came about.
0: Yeah, it just seemed very kind of out of nowhere. I feel like this is a, a running theme through for me
1: through this episode is the lack of storytelling, and and I'm and I'm I'm really sorry about that, but especially at WrestleMania season, I want more to invest in. You know, this was
0: just one of those just hey, let's just come out and make an announcement for the sake of making an announcement yep yep and i feel like the united states championship is very much in that same kind of
1: real quick on intercontinental um well we'd like we can settle with this with this triple threat and and i know going forward with these three we're going to get some story they're going to make this interesting i mean it's the men's come on you know right what about the rumor now that they're potentially, this is going to end up being like a five man. Like they're going to end up throwing in Elias and Braun.
0: Well, I was actually going to talk about Braun and Elias here right after the U S title. So let's go ahead and throw them in here. Um, I, for me, it's overkill. It's, it's way overkill. Just give me Rollins, Balor and Miz. Like those three talents are so intertwined at this point that I'm fine with this triple threat. Like I'm 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 against just about every other multi-person match that I see being on this card. But Rollins versus Balor versus Miz, that feels like a WrestleMania match and there's issues between all three of them that you have been building, well, shit, basically since Finn got hurt. So it makes sense. Even with Balor and Rollins both being babyface, yeah, they both might be babyface, but they sure as shit don't like one another. Let's say you've you got that that heat already built in there. Rollins has been running around stomping Balor's head in the mat for two months. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, everybody wants the Intercontinental title, and Miz is kind of a douchebag. Yeah, and again, this would have made so much more sense for the Miztourage to beat the club and at the elimination chamber to make them relevant inside of this program, but no, we didn't do any of that.
1: Yeah, there, there are. If you keep this with just the three of
0: them, there's a lot you could really do to make this an interesting ride. Absolutely, and especially, I we don't know when Ambrose is going to be back, but if you somehow would end up, you know, with the Shield versus the Balor Club versus the Miz and the Miz coming out of this program i would be down for that that this would, could be a good way to bring dean back too I, i'm not sure what his timeline is hey i'll even throw out there too hey
1: you got a great young talent, had some heat on him if he can travel that could just do some side stuff dance
0: hey you could get jordan as
1: a side after this thing
0: i actually thought that if jason jordan is going to be healthy this is absolutely his spot at wrestlemania this becomes a fatal four-way right I mean, really, the only person that doesn't have heat there would be Balor and Jordan, but I mean, you could build that real quick and easy. It works the rest of the way around.
1: Well, you know, we got so many players that could get involved here.
0: Uh, hopefully, it doesn't get overbooked. Um, I would I, like, I, personally, I would like Braun versus Elias to have been a one on one match at WrestleMania to where that's when Braun finally gets his hands on Elias, but no, we stooged that off. If you could have had Elias getting away from Braun Strowman for three months, and then finally at WrestleMania, Braun gets his hands on Elias, people would have been fine with a 30-second match and just had Braun just destroy Elias.
1: I think that would have been a huge payoff with very little effort going forward. Yeah. But no, you they just would have per- if you just would have had it where Elias seems to be that one guy that this uncontrollable freak can't get his hands on. It, it you're right, man. I mean, just that entrance alone would have had people on the edge of their seat. I mean, just ready to go, you know?
0: Yep. They're finally here. Finally, there's nowhere for Elias to run. You are in a crowd of a hundred thousand people and they're all looking at you. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. And Braun Strowman going to get you. But no, we stooged it off. You know, Braun's power slammed Elias like at least a dozen times now. But damn, you know, you could have actually just done a very simple story like that and had something for both of these guys. You wouldn't have to contaminate Rollins versus Balor versus Miz with Braun and Elias and their bullshit. And you would have had something for Braun Strowman to do because I absolutely hate the idea of Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, which I have also heard rumored. Don't want to see that whatsoever.
1: Uh, I don't want to see a triple threat for the universal championship whatsoever. But if they were going to go that direction, Rollins would have been the obvious choice, but that's already gone. So just let it go. We we don't need, we do not need Brock Lesnar anymore. Brock versus the odds. Yes, sort of deals, especially especially if you if the point is to put Roman over as to finally the conqueror of the beast.
0: Yep, yep, and especially when we've already seen Braun Strowman get beat in a triple threat match against Brock Lesnar, just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's what about anything with the
1: rumor that they are kind of saving Braun in case something goes awry with the steroid situation.
0: Well, here's how I feel about the steroid situation. Shit or get off the pot, dude. I would like to announce that I'm going to be making a future announcement regarding a future announcement about a future announcement at this time. Well,
1: I, I really, what's what's his name? Johnny Bravo or John Bravo? Yeah,
0: something like that. Like, either fucking do it or shut the fuck up at this point. I mean, I, I'm, I'm tired of waiting. Yeah, I was having a conversation,
1: and they were like, well, it seems like, you know, he's he's pretty out outgoing about, you know, he's just doing this, uh, at, you know, it's the right thing because he doesn't feel that people should be de- – because Roman denied this. I said, get out of here
0: with this, man. This guy's doing it to push his own agenda. It's like the, the, the what this guy is doing right now is the same thing I saw ABC do the other day. I actually saw a commercial advertising that there was going to be a Roseanne commercial during the Oscars on Sunday. It was a commercial for Roseanne a fucking commercial. I mean, come the fuck on. That's basically what this guy's been doing over and over and over and over. I mean, Jesus Christ. We were talking about this story. What a month ago, do something shit or get off the pot. So let's talk about the U S title. Speaking of shit or get off the pot. Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton. Looks like that's going to be going down at fast lane. And I absolutely expect that at WrestleMania, it's going to be Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton versus gender Mahal for the United States championship. Basically it's just a copy and paste of the intercontinental championship Rollins versus Balor versus Miz. I'm almost hoping that they add
1: gender to this. Cause they're going in it eventually this program uh, just, needs Gender Mahal. How fucked up is that? Well, i no, I just want I just want it to be added so that we don't have the mirroring matches. Exactly at at WrestleMania because I, I I don't know because I'm thinking think they're going to start mirroring things from the women's division to the tag division. That's just my biggest fear because we see it in their booking. Continue like we'll see something on Monday and it's just rinse and repeat on Tuesday. Yep. yep. That's why I would want that to go down it, I I have one positive thing to say About this program and, and only one Positive and it's pretty much my only take On what we have happening I, So much That I appreciate Randy Orton Coming out this Tuesday And in Randy Orton fashion And only the way that Randy Orton can deliver it This isn't About a stupid made-up list. This is about me getting a championship that I haven't held yet.
0: I know. What a crazy outlandish story, huh? Crazy and outlandish. I love the jab at the top
1: 10 and how this program has been built around that. And and up to this point, not even the mention that in the the grand career of Randy Orton, he has not held the United States championship. I, that,
0: that right there, if he, can, if he can grab this championship, it is a major accomplishment. Yep, absolutely. The one title that he hasn't held. Uh, I'm, I'm still waiting, and I'm, I'm very, very mad at WWE because they've stooged this gimmick off to the Velveteen dream. You remember when Randy Orton was young and brash and he was the legend killer? Now that we have older and wiser Randy Orton, I want him to be the indie killer. I want him to just go after, I want him to go after Kevin Owens. I want him to go after Sami Zayn. I want him to go after Bobby Roode. Anybody who has a career that did not start and end inside the WWE, if you're an indie darling, Randy Orton coming for you. That's what I, I you know, want to see. I, I don't care. You know, Dream's
1: just running his mouth about it. And he, you know, he's—I, I, I love where he's coming from with it. Hey, but Baron Corbin was doing it as well in NXT.
0: Yeah, but but there's something about Randy Orton being the indie no, killer. That's what I know. I, I say give it to Randy now. Let him run with it.
1: Just don't, yeah, Just don't show it on television. Yeah. Let him go. Twitter. Let that, him that, that go. dive. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say whatever, whatever the equivalent of an RKO via social media is gonna be. A hashtag out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like he just gets in conversations that have nothing to do with him that involves some indie guys. He just drops a hashtag out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> that would be fantastic. God, I want to see that program like so hey. bad. And then it can accumulate with Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. Because let's face it, AJ was an indie darling. It's so funny how we just view him as a WWE guy. Now you've got, you've got all the, You've got some
1: working connections now as well, where they they do allow some of their top talents, or just any talents really, to, to make appearances for some indie promotions or some conventions or something like that. Can you imagine the heat if Randy Orton shows up at a ICW show? Oh man. Or an Evolve show and he's just there
0: just, just crapping all over it. You know what just occurred to me? You know how fucking cool this would be. And th- this ain't going to happen, but this would be really fucking cool. If we turn Randy Orton into the indie killer, right? And you run with this all the way until next year's Royal Rumble, right? And it's just Orton putting down indie guys left and right. Even if he shows up at NXT and just like lays out every indie guy, right? And you build it until the Royal Rumble next year when Kenny Omega debuts and you end up with Kenny Omega versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania next year. The indie darling of all indie darlings versus the indie killer. That would be some epic shit. That would be fucking cool. Especially because I'm pretty sure at that point you're going to be coming off Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi in the Tokyo Dome. And that's going to be a big match. Yeah, that would be cool let's talk about something that's not nearly as cool. Let's talk about the tag division. So the bar takes down Titus worldwide and a two out of three falls match on raw Titus worldwide have finally put down two to nothing. This program is over. Thank you for coming. LeVar ball. Goodbye. Tommaso Ciampa wave for you. Uh, so now we're left with what in the hell is the bar going to do at WrestleMania? Well, many of us have been speculating that maybe we're going to get some Hardys versus the bar at WrestleMania. Stooge Report! Jeff Hardy evidently has been filming a lot while he is at home at the uh, Hardy compound. I saw a video of Jeff Hardy singing the Obsolete song on his uh, Twitter yesterday. And as the camera kind of pans up, you can tell... That Jeffrey Nero Hardy is in full on Brother Nero garb, if you can see his reflection inside of the iPhone. I'm pretty sure that we are going to end up with some kind of stupid ass Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt final deletion style thing at WrestleMania. I don't think we're going to get the Broken Hardys versus the Bar at WrestleMania, and that makes me sad. So my question for you, Rick, is: What does the bar do at WrestleMania? Are we are we heading towards the revival in the bar? Is that kind of the impression that you're getting here?
1: Wow, I, man! I, you know, the more if that is the case, if he's not actually going to be available for WrestleMania, I, I'd almost lean just for just because you need a bigger match. I, I'm sorry, you know, nothing against the Revival. I, it's, it's more so just the way they've been handled and the creative around it so far. I mean, we want to talk about scr- what screams pre-show matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, them them versus the bar. And I don't even know what makes that more worthy or interesting than than the Raw tech Match is becoming another giant cluster on the pre-show where they just run four, a four-quarter match out there.
0: Okay, hey, well, I know well, let me ask you this then. So at Fastlane, we're doing the Usos versus the New Day. So it looks like whoever comes out of that program is going to be facing the Bludgeon Brothers. And that, that does nothing either. Are, are both of the tag titles destined for the Wrestlemania pre-show I mean that's really the question I wanted to ask you here about the tag division like the tag division is so bad right now at this point give me the bar versus the Usos and let's unify the fucking tag titles and let's unify the tag division because this thing is a mess
1: it's almost the direction they need to go in. and you know that the problem is if you look company-wide
0: I mean there's some great potential for some for the tag division, there. But it's when you split them between the two shows. Well, I'd even say, you know, and they're sitting on so many down in NXT. I don't know why a move hasn't been made. Right. I mean, because I'm down with AOP versus the Usos. You can put that on the WrestleMania main card. I'll watch the shit out of that. I'll watch the AOP you versus better, the bar. But you,
1: but you got to pull that trigger if you're going to do that with the, with immediately. Now, immediately. Mean, that, has, that has to happen right now. Six after weeks ago. Me.
0: Well, right after Fastlane, I think you could get something going there. But then you still have this Bludgeon Brothers conundrum. And it's like, well, if you wouldn't have had the Bludgeon Brothers fighting fucking jobbers for the last six fucking months, maybe you could have actually built them up to be something to face the Usos. But they're not right now. If you didn't
1: essentially have
0: them just being the butchers from Southpaw Regional. They're the Ascension. I, I feel like they are at Ascension level. And all they've done is squash jobbers. But I feel like they're at the ascension level. Yeah,
1: so there there is nothing between these divisions. So if you want to save one of them, I hope they're not going to do some, you know, fun house of horrors or some weird compound match. I'd almost go with the the idea of putting Bray and Matt together. At at least you have some star power there, and you could fool some individuals into buying that there's still that mystique and magic about. The, the broken woken Wyatt assembly or something like that. I I don't know, but you're right. It is, it's a, it's the the tag division all around is in a sad sad state when it comes to the red and blue branch.
0: Well, and what I would ac- absolutely love to see is the Usos versus Cammy at WrestleMania.
1: Uh, I think yeah. Going back, we've talked about that before. You can make a you can make a. You, here's the problem with. Cammy's we stuck sit- in the black hole. Well, as, as we're sitting here looking forward to to WrestleMania, and the problem is why people are so uninterested right now is because we're not having any continuity from Royal Rumble to actual WrestleMania. It's like we're on a, a whole different side road. And now you're turning onto the interstate to WrestleMania. What we've, we've still got over a, you know, a week and a half here to figure out kind of where the cards lie for SmackDown yep and then okay so that show goes on what it's a week from next from this sunday correct Three eleven. yep okay so 311 so we really aren't going to start gearing up for the you know the entire company is going to start gearing up until tuesday the 13th
0: yeah and mania is on the 8th yeah three week build to wrestlemania That's that's why people are
1: having trouble investing here. Now, that's why conversa- plenty of tickets are still available. I, I was having a conversation earlier. And someone asked me, "Are you excited for WrestleMania?" And I said, "You know what? I, I honestly can say that I am not." No, no. Well, it's it's WrestleMania season.
0: You should be excited. I said, "I'm not going to get excited about just for the br- just because it's the brand." Yeah, I mean, when I look at WrestleMania, I mean, so you got AJ Nakamura. That'll be awesome. Yeah, they're gonna. No, it's. I can go watch that from the Tokyo Dome. Right. That that was awesome. Exactly. This is going to be twenty minutes of WWE saying, "Well, we gave you what you wanted." Roman and Brock. Nope, not excited. Cena and Mysterio does nothing for me. Cena and Undertaker. I I'm, I'm I'm excited but I don't expect it to necessarily be, you know, the instant classic that it could have been 10 years
1: ago. I don't I don't need that to be an instant classic. I want
0: valid. I want
1: that I want that match to It'll be all uh, character story. Yeah, I want that match to get me emotionally invested. Yep. I, I want to see Cena's journey there. I want to see is this the final chapter for The Undertaker? And the whole point of that match is to is to pull the viewers from the mainstream, you know, that mainstream and the casuals and the throwbacks.
0: And from there it all goes downhill because then you get into, you know, the Rousey mess, the 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 women's title messes, the Intercontinental Championship three way, the expected United States Championship three way, the tag divisions, Braun and Elias. Like when you start looking at the undercard for Mania, it's not very good right now.
1: And I honestly what they're presenting right now, if if I had to say what I'm, am I potentially excited for 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 mania uh number one i guess i'd have seen i'm not even over the top about it is the triple threat with rollins baylor this if they add to it it's going to ruin it uh i don't like how they announce it but i trust that these three can get a story going uh i am i am interested in cena versus undertaker but as i said you know more so for for the ride i want the journey i don't care about the destination and i am a little
0: intrigued to see
1: how they really go about this Lesnar range thing.
0: Yeah, I very much agreed. Very much agreed. At least the presentation. And even if I'm not necessarily interested in the match, I'm interested in the presentation of it. So anything else that you wanted to comment on when it comes to WWE this week? You know I, I did want to go back to something that you and I talked about previously.
1: Uh just this is going back a little bit. We were talking about rusev Nakamura and you you know you throw out are they going to maybe do a double turn there? Isn't it the wrong time to do the turn for Nakamura? Would it be more effective
0: if he actually turned on AJ? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, it would be. Absolutely, it would be. Um, I did notice, though, there was uh, an interesting tweet from one Mr. Shinsuke Nakamura that I saw earlier today where he was asking um, the the Chaos members, so who do you think is going to win this match? And Will Ospreay responded, have you not seen the picture? And because chaos is basically holding all the gold in Japan right now. Have you not seen the picture? We're just waiting for you to win the big one. Hint, chaos is not the good guys. Never has been, never will be. They all, they kind of were when Bullet Club was taking over, but no, chaos are not the good guys. It's cute how you funny Americans think Nakamura is the good guy. So we're going to throw it over to a break. This is called the Happy Song because when we come back, we're going to talk some Ring of Honor and we're going to talk New Japan Pro
2: Wrestling. Happy. We'll
0: be right back. So let's jump over to segment two, because unlike the WWE, we deliver on what we advertise. Otherwise, I probably would have cut segment two because this show seems to be running long. So let's talk about ring of honor and their 16th anniversary go home show, which I know for some of you airs this weekend, some of you have already seen it. And of course with this show coming out on Friday, there's a more likely chance of that. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that. And then, uh, over the weekend, we're going to dive a bit more in depth into the 16th anniversary show, as well as new Japan's 46th anniversary show and the upcoming new Japan cup. Um, so let's talk about the anniversary go home show. Uh, I'm I'm very very torn here, Rick, and I'm curious if you're going to be as torn as I am after you see this show in its entirety versus just in segments like you normally do when we talk about it here on the show. Um, Honor Club is 120 bucks, 120 bucks, and I'm trying to convince myself I pay 120 bucks a year right now for WWE Network. I pay about 120 bucks a year right now for new japan world can i seriously justify another 120 bucks for ring of honor but i really want to see this show and i know i'm really going to want to see super card of honor and just between those two i'm already at 100 bucks so why not just fucking do it right well you know here's what i'm wondering would it be nice if
1: i I mean not maybe if they couldn't even all get together i mean that would be grand but even if the individual platforms you – know, we, we got our great ties with the Hacker Hameen Media Group and with the guerrillaposition.com
0: It would be nice if there was an option for like, a press discount. Man, that would – you know, I actually – I was looking at the Honor Club sign-up page because Total Stooge Report. I completely thought that the anniversary show was tonight being Friday, not a week from tonight being a week from Friday. Um, So I'm looking at the Honor Club website and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I work for fucking Sinclair. Shouldn't I just get an Honor Club membership? Come the fuck on. Joe Koff, hook a brother up, man. I'm a fellow employee for fuck's sake. I should at least get an employee discount. Right? That's what I'm saying. Do do you guys have a suggestion box? Man, I'm going to have to email Joe Koff on this one. I am have because he's in my, my database, I've, I, I've seen his email come across my desk before. So I might have get to email me. Joe Koff on this one and be like, can you hook a brother up? Come on, man. At least, at least get a replica ring of ring of honor. Yeah. You know, if you don't, if you don't want to give me an honor club membership, the least you could do is send me a ring of honor.
1: Yeah. Don't they like when they, uh. I'm sure, you know, like the, the office for the Eagles, you know, they get like the, the replica Super Bowl rings, right? Right.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, I'm coming up on my eighth anniversary at Sinclair. You know, maybe I should put that in, you know, that, you know, for Ooh. an eighth anniversary gift, they could just give me a ring of honor. Hell, you know what? I Sinclair could just give me ring of honor. I like that idea, too. So let's talk about Ring of Honor and, and the company that, you know, Sinclair is going to give me out of the kindness of their hearts as my bonus this year. Um, show kicks off. We have the Briscoes versus the Best Friends. Felt kind of bad for the Best Friends here. Um, I- you know what? It reminds remind me of a
1: Simpsons when he goes to work for uh, Scorpio. He's trying to take care of the world. Homer does. <laughs> and it's uh, it's like the perfect job. You know, he takes care of everyone. He's worried about your dreams. And you ask him, like, what's your dream? And Homer's like, well, I, I want to to own the Dallas Cowboys. So he ends up leaving Scorpio goes back to Springfield to live. It is a parting gift. Scorpio gives him the Denver Broncos. <laughs> so March is like, and Humber's like all depressed. It's like, what's wrong? It's like, I wanted the Dallas Cowboys. It's like, well, you got the Denver Broncos. And he's just like, March, you don't know anything about football. At all.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. All right, just
1: reminded me. Just reminded me of the comparison
0: there. Tremendous. So the Briscoes basically beat the shit out of the best friends here. Um I it, it almost made me sad watching this match because at PWG here just recently, uh Chucky e. T turned on poor Trent, and this is all because Trent is injured. Um Trent Trent's in pretty bad shape right now. He's gonna be taking some time off. This match was filmed before the big injury. Uh Trent's got like a, a torn bicep and a torn pectoral muscle, and he, he's basically being held together by Kinesio tape here. Um but the important part of this was Motor city machine guns come out and lay out the Briscoes. Finally the machine guns getting one over on the Briscoes rather than the other way around. Uh, I feel like this was important as, as far as setup for 16th anniversary goes because most of this program at this point has been the Briscoes just beating the shit out of everybody.
1: I think this is some good timing. You know we're just you know a couple of weeks away, and we haven't seen anything out of the guns. And now they're finally showing some backbone. You know, they have to, they're stepping up saying, hey, you know, we're the team. They'll no put a tenant that, that everyone's gunning for. We're the top dogs. We need to act like it here.
0: Yep. Yep. Very much so. Uh, I love how Ring of Honor does go home shows, man. I'm watching this show and I'm just going, fuck, do I really want to get Honor Club? And I'm watching this show going, fuck, that's another 120 bucks. Fuck. Christopher Daniels takes on Hangman Page on this show. Of course, uh, last week, we we saw the Young Bucks versus the other two-thirds of SoCal Uncensored. Um, so Christopher Daniels versus Hangman Page. And Hangman comes out by himself. Of course, Daniels comes out with all of SoCal Uncensored. And before the bell can ring, the enforcer of Ring of Honor, Bully Ray, comes out. And he says, you know... I want to applaud Bullet Club. And everybody's kind of like, wait, wait, what? We're, we're, we're putting Bullet Club over? What, the, the authority is putting over Bullet Club? And Bully Ray proceeds to explain, I told Hangman and I told Daniels, I don't want SoCal Uncensored at ringside and I don't want the Young Bucks at ringside. Bullet Club listened. And for that, you get a two-sweet. And Hangman loses his mind. You know I can't I can't do that. And Bully proceeds to explain to him, I know people, you can't do that, but I can. It's fine. And he holds it up, man. It's got to be like a 30 to 45 second shot of Bully Ray just standing there holding up the two suite with Hangman just losing his shit. Fantastic television. But then he proceeds to explain to SoCal Uncensored that you have until the count of five to get the hell out of here, or I am suspending Christopher Daniels for 30 days. Which would mean that their match at 16th anniversary would not be happening for the six-man titles against the Hung Bucks. And they take off running like little bitches, which is just tremendous. And then Bully says, kick his ass, Paige. <laughs> and Paige proceeds to beat the shit out of Christopher Daniels. It's fantastic. I'm really coming around on Hangman. I always thought Hangman Page was kind of the, the odd man out. He was kind of, you know, just that guy that they, they were given the Bullet Club rub to. I'm really coming around on Hangman Page. Where do you stand on Hangman? I'm surprised it's taking you this long to to get on board with you. And I think it's just that I've been watching him for so long. And when I saw when I first saw him, he was so green, but it was really watching this match with Christopher Daniels. I was like, you know, he has really come a long way as a total package. The look, the character, (laughs)
2: yeah,
0: the total package. You see what I did there? That was not intentional. We're, so are, are you are you pretty up on Hangman at this point? Well, I, I was just going to say that's probably the
1: difference between
0: us. There, you
1: you have a more of extensive background, you know, where he's come from from his from his early goings than I do here. Uh, I I really can't tell you when I got turned on to Hangman, but there was something immediately about the guy, um, and I'm not going to say that he was. I'm going to say this is probably that moment right before he started coming into his own. So I didn't see him from his very, from his green estate, but there were, you know, there was, was, I always found there was something unique about him, And maybe it was that, you know, he was trying to really sculpt or or even figure out what that character, his direction or his position would be within, within the faction. But there was something always there that stood out to me with him. So I always kept an eye on him. He was—I always found him to be entertaining. It, it, to me, he's one of those. He doesn't need to be, uh, you know, right there out front in your face. He can just be kind of in the background. Those subtle little things that he does sets him apart.
0: I—I I, I think my thing with Hangman is kind of like Jay White, like where where we are with Jay White right now, and we're we're all kind of watching Jay White and the Switchblade character, and we're like something's just not clicking something's just not right and that's kind of where i was with hangman for for quite a while and maybe it was being the elite that i think that's where the hangman really kind of developed who the hangman character is and now he has this breath of confidence to him in his body language and how he carries himself on the way to the ring while he's in the ring he doesn't feel like this green kid who's trying to figure out what he's doing now. He feels well, like hangman page.
1: I'll tell you what's probably what you're hitting at there. You know, he, he gave, he was given a platform where he, that wasn't there You know, before being the elite. You know, it was just the time they were given at the shows.
0: Yeah. It's like, okay, you're the hangman. And it, it, he just never figured out what that well, was until being the elite.
1: And in, in a place where ring of honor, where you have very little airtime for, you know, just not only for yourself, but anybody in the promotion. To even in New Japan, where you know it is around the factions, but they don't. You know, it's, there's not that huge emphasis on mic time and you know the the backstage skits and all that. There, there wasn't that that platform for him. Now, with being the elite, he has that there, and he can play to his strengths in a group that's filled with you know so many different
0: characters. And he fills a very, very interesting sort of role inside of the Bullet Club because he is very much that outlaw kind of character. It works. It works.
1: Uh, you know, I just—I didn't realize, you know, look at some stats on him here. I didn't realize he was so young. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, 20, very young. 26 years old. Uh, he'll be 27 in July.
0: Yeah, I God, so. when I started watching Hangman, he had to be maybe 24
1: I'm going to say, you know, okay, so you, so he's come that far in such a little time. Yeah, I could see him really, you know, by the time he's 30, really bursting onto the scene and being, you know, a featured player of his own.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Paige goes over here, goes over Daniels, um, which concerns me greatly going into 16th anniversary because now the Bucks have went over Kaz and Sky and now Hangman has went over Daniels, WWE logic tells me SoCal Uncensored are taking the six-man titles here, which also kind of plays into the rift between Bullet Club because it very much feels like Hangman is with Cody and the Bucks are... Well, that's up for debate. So that's going to be an interesting story. But the most interesting part here... Is Shane Taylor. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we introduced you to Shane Taylor here on the hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast. And Shane Taylor is basically a hired gun for SoCal uncensored. He's not actually a member of SoCal uncensored. So big Shane Taylor comes out here and pummels poor hangman page. And then Christopher Daniels jumps into his arms at the end. And as they're walking out, out comes Bully Ray. And Bully gets right up in Daniels' face and says, Don't you think I don't know what you're doing? And Daniels says, What? You said SoCal can't be. He's not part of SoCal Uncensored. Uh Uh-huh. And then they put over on commentary, Less Than 300 Days. We're counting down to the end of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian in Ring of Honor. I am really into this story. I am way more into this story than I ever thought that I could be a six-man tag match. Well done, Ring of Honor. Well done. Only other match on this show, Punishment Martinez and Marty Skrull take on Jay Lethal and Dalton Castle. Hey, wait a minute. Isn't Punishment Martinez fighting Marty Skrull and Jay Lethal fighting Dalton Castle next week on pay per view? Ah, yes, I see what you're doing here. You know, it's kind of a, a lost little arc that we don't see in WWE anymore. They,
1: you know, back going you know to the Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression early days, you would see they would you know have the different dynamics like this put together in some tag matches.
0: And it's funny because, you know, obviously you have the heels, you have Punishment Martinez and the villain, Marty Skrull. But the interesting dynamic here is Marty Skrull is obviously a babyface playing a villain character. So it works that you have Punishment Martinez versus Marty Skrull, which is basically a number one contenders match at 16th anniversary. Then you have Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle. Which is basically babyface versus babyface, but when we go back to final battle and we see the heel coming out of Jay Lethal, and it works because you're gonna have Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle. This tag match is basically it's it's a dot 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 dive match without it being a dot 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 dive match. This is just a spot monkey match. With comedy mixed in, and everybody getting their shit in, and powder to the eyes, and the peacock pose, and lethal injections, and Punishment Martinez being like, "Fuck this! I hate all of you." That's kind of the dichotomy going on inside of this match. Um, what do you think? Are, are, you, are you feeling me here? How it's how it's heel heel, but it's really not, and it's face face, but it's really not. Yeah, I, I I can pick up on it, man. I just, it, it's a different dynamic. Uh, well, but, well, the interesting part is the Jay Lethal aspect of it, obviously, because Lethal is not playing a heel character at this point. But that is obviously the story that's going on here, right? I hope. I, I was going to say, you know, it's just <laughs> what, what kind of twists
1: and turns are we going to get? Or we what are we going to see play off? Is he going to? Are we going to get that full?
0: Badass return. Oh, I want heel Jay Lethal back. I want House of Truth Jay Lethal back. I think that's the best version of Jay Lethal.
1: That's that's what I'm saying. You know, that that's when he was hottest. Uh, he was one of the top. You know, just not in the company, but all professional wrestling. Yeah, uh, he was one of your top talents from around the world. If uh, they could get anywhere close to that, which has been this 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 growing story here. With Marty trying to, to get under his skin so much that he has no, no other option but to just, just become that Jay Lethal again.
0: Poor Marty. Poor Marty. This entire being the elite thing is really taking a toll on Marty. Have you seen him lately? He's gone completely gray. If you haven't seen the latest episode of Being the Elite, you should probably go watch that. Rick and I are going to talk about it this weekend. I promise. So let's talk about the New Japan 46th anniversary show. That's going to happen Tuesday morning in the very, very wee hours of the morning. I don't want to break down the full card, but I do want to give a little bit of a preview here because there are some pretty big matches on this show. Uh, the junior heavyweight tag titles are on the line and on this show. Roppongi 3K, who are the champions, taking on an LIJ team, Bushi and Hiromu, versus a Suzuki-gun team of El Desperado and Kanamaru.
1: What do I feel like I missed that titles changing?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought the same exact thing. I was like, wait a minute. When did, I thought Rapungi 3K dropped the titles to suzuki Goon, and now Rapungi 3K are the champions again. I totally missed a title change in there somewhere. And somehow LIJ has gotten thrown into it. So you have Bushi and Hiromu. And I think the interesting part of this is, as we've talked about a hundred times, we don't do triple threat and fatal four-way matches in Japan. And now all of a sudden we're doing triple threats and we're doing fatal four-way matches. Stop catering to the American audience. We like New Japan the way New Japan is. We don't want it to be like the WWE. Just be New Japan.
1: Well, it's, it's kind of funny how you know how we come full circle on something like this, you know. We opened the show with WWE and now we're sitting here prepared to close with New Japan. And in the in the early parts, we're talking about how is WWE evolving more towards actual combat sport, new Japan, strong style, whatever.
0: And now here we are talking about new Japan becoming more sports entertainment. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. No, do not cater to the Westerners. Don't do it. I like my new Japan just the way it is. Um, Also on this show, probably an insult to everybody's intelligence. Tetsuya Naito takes on, Tai Chi. Why is Naito taking on Tai Chi? I think that's really the question going on. And even Naito is asking this inside of the Japanese media. Why am I facing Tai Chi? I got to be honest with you. I don't even know who Tai Chi is. Uh, Tai Chi is a member of suzuki Goon. He's the guy who comes out, sings his own entrance music, and the match doesn't actually start until he takes his pants off.
1: Uh, Okay, it sounds like something out of like DDP yoga to me.
0: Yeah, that sounds legit. His wife is smoking hot, though. I will give Tai Chi that. His wife is smoking hot. Uh, Also on this show, we have Togi Makabe coming for Minoru Suzuki. And this is basically a continuation of the Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, versus Minoru Suzuki kind of feud when Suzuki took the title from the ace. Uh, This is Makabe stepping up as the ace prior to Tanahashi to try to take down Suzuki. And it's basically going to be Suzuki murdering Togi Makabe. If you don't know who Togi Makabe is, I don't know a lot about the guy because, like I said, he goes back before Tanahashi. Now he's kind of in that legends role. But it's hilarious because he's like the Japanese version of the junkyard dog comes out with a great big chain around his neck and shit. He is like the Japanese version of the junkyard dog. That's at least in my narrative, in my mind, that is the character that Togi Makabe plays. It's rather entertaining.
1: Dude, you are not kidding. She is smoking hot.
0: I told you, man, I he, right up there with, uh, with, uh, Carl Anderson. I entice. She's got a, a hot Asian wife. Yep. Yeah. She, she, she's good looking. Uh, and then, of course, the main event, the 30-minute Anniversary Day special match, the, the challenger of Okada's choosing for the big 46th anniversary show, the IWGP Heavyweight Champion, Kazuchika Okada, takes on IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay? What? Oh yeah, that's right. Okada's a cocky motherfucker and just wants an easy match. That's the story going into this match, and I don't think he's going to get it. Rick, do you? I was going to say there. I I had some questions about this. Is this entire thing here? What, what are the rules behind this match? It's a straight up match. It's just a thirty minute singles match. So there is a time. So if it ends before that, yeah. Yep, it's a 30 minute okay. match. If it goes 30 minutes, it's a Broadway finish. It's a draw. Okay.
1: Okay. I, I didn't know if that was like because, you know, it's so rare you know, for us Western fans to see a time limit attached to a match anymore unless it's under, uh, it's, it's guaranteed to go this long with, with, the, diff, with the, the scoring system of the falls.
0: Um, just about every match in Japan actually has a time limit on it. Um, and that actually comes into play a lot. When it comes to the, the round robin style tournaments like the G1, when you see somebody who has like an odd number, like a, so-and-so had 11 points and so-and-so had 12 points, the difference was a draw. And that's how you end up with the odd numbered points. Um, but a lot of those matches are like, you know, 20 minute time limit. Uh, the the championship matches will be a sixty minute time limit, and as you're watching the matches, you will hear them actually giving time cues to the audience. So gotcha. that, that 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 is something that's very very
1: different okay, so in it's, Japan. Yeah, it's it's the, it's a very traditional, going back to the like territory or you know the early like the eighties, nineties, and before that though. Just from my memory though, you get there is five minutes left. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, Two minutes left and 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 it's interesting that they put a thirty minute stipulation on this match,, uh, because Okada, when he was going through that that string of rough luck there where he was he was winning matches, but they were all going, you know, forty seven minutes, fifty two minutes. And he made the comment that I can't beat anybody in under a half hour anymore. So now, He has booked himself against the junior heavyweight champion, who is also a member of the same stable that he is in, in a 30-minute match. That's the story here. We now have Kaki Okada. That's the story going on here. And it's fantastic.
1: So if you're Osprey, I mean, what's, what's his take on this? I mean, is he, is he offended by this? Um, he is not offended <laughs> by for, this. He, thank you for the opportunity. I'm going to make the most of this.
0: Yes. And that is very much been the attitude out of Osprey is, you know, thank you for this opportunity to show what I can do against, a uh, you know, the greatest heavyweight in the world. You know, we're going to put on quite a show for the new Japan audience. And Okada's like, uh-huh. Yeah, it's going to be great. And I think Okada is going to get a lot more than what he has bargained for inside of this match. It's going to be very interesting to watch Okada take some of Osprey's offense because it's going to require Okada being maybe a bit more limber than, uh, let's say, if he was taking on somebody like a uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Not that he can't be because, I mean, we've seen him do it all against Omega, it's just, I think, I think it's going to be a very, very fast-paced Osprey-style match that Okada is just going to escape and have a newfound respect for Will Osprey. And this is going to get Osprey over huge with the Japanese audience. I think that's really the goal here, is the courting of Will Osprey. Because they want Osprey to sign full-time in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think that's really what's going on here. Uh, Rick, anything else that you wanted to talk about when it comes to the world of professional wrestling this week?
1: Oh, I know. uh, Just kind of go back to what we were just talking about. Osprey's got some new merch about ready to hit Hot Topics as well. Oh, yeah. uh,
0: Seeing a lot of those new Japan uh, people. Like, I saw Switchblades getting some stuff over here. mm -hmm. So that means that the the Chaos connection is now running strong. Uh, Thanks to, I mean, it started with Bullet Club, then they brought in L.I.J. And the LIJ stuff went over huge. Now we're going to start bringing in some chaos stuff. And yeah, this partnership's getting very, very intriguing. Very intriguing. I'm also very curious, uh, just to kind of throw it out there, have not heard what Okada is doing in Long Beach this year. I'm very Ooh. curious what's going to happen there.
1: There we go. Something to keep an eye out for. Hey, I think uh, my my pop of the week comes from uh, Twitter. I guess someone at Impact Wrestling was reaching out, uh, was talking, I don't know, whatever, about repairing their relationship or something that they're glad they're back on good terms with the Hardys. Uh, and Reby replies, Jeff is an individual. We still fucking hate you. <laughs> well,
0: I, th- I believe that was directed at Jeff Jarrett. Okay. Uh, I believe oh, Jeff... Yes. Yes, Jeff Jarrett was. did an interview with yes, uh, Justin Barrasso, I believe it was, of sportsillustrated.com. You got it. You got it. And uh, uh, referenced his relationship, quote, unquote, with the Hardys, and to which Reby replied, Jeff is only one person. We still fucking hate you. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. There we go. Yes, that was absolutely that. And uh, Edge just completely shitting in that one. Marks Cheerios, I, man.
1: I, I love that. <laughs> I love the Edge thing. You know, he really shunned down. What but I would really sit up to me with with Revy's comment is you know so many of us are always like that's what's missing. We we got to have Vanguard and Senior Benjamin and Revy. There's a reason that company doesn't really uh, want to do business with Revy. <laughs>
0: Oh, could you imagine Revy Hardy and Paige in the same locker room? What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong there? Oh, speaking of Paige. All right. I like tattoos. I have a lot of tattoos, but getting a tattoo that says eat shit on your hand when you're on national TV that's a say eat shit. Or
2: talk,
0: talk shit. Talk, talk shit, get bit. Yeah. I, I, she can eat shit. That was fucking uh, stupid. That was fucking I, stupid. It's not even that clever. No. No. I mean, I'm all for tattoos and people can do whatever the hell they want. But when you're on national TV for a living, having, you know, like one of those words that you can't really say on TV tattooed on your hand probably yeah. not the smartest business decision i'm just just throwing that out there So that's going to do it for this week's episode, but don't you worry, Rick and I will be back in your ear holes this weekend as we talk some musing notes. We haven't done one of those in a while. Uh, Then of course we will be back inside the locker room this Monday over at HackerHameen.Podbean.com Be sure to visit our support system over at TheGorillaPosition.com daily as they tell the stories of pro wrestling storytellers Of course you can find our show on Twitter at HTMPWPod on Facebook at HittingTheMarks. Shoot us an email at HittingTheMarks at gmail.com As always you can find me across all social media platforms at not jargo rick how do the camera and crazies find you well they won't be able to find me uh won't be able to find me for the next few
1: days i'm still heavy on my meds i'm hoping to break this fever and, and be back to 100 for the weekend show but i guess going for you know, as always on twitter and facebook at the real rbv
0: naya Jax. this happens to you know come across your ear holes sounds like rick could use some chicken soup that's it for this week. We're off like a prom dress. See ya! Watch your fingers.
2: Label me. don't give up. I'll your back on. Oh wow. situation is a classic cliche. You'll be draping the blame on me. I smell self-righteousness. That's the bad guy. Go can not escape the wrath on my floor. Right. It's like a man with a righteous mind. Never got one across that line. I'll never be that bad guy. I hate you. I hate you. to fuck you. 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 Situation is a classic cliche. You'll be the blame on me. I smell self righteousness. That's the bad guy. Go! your bitch and I lie. She was at home with me last night. I'll be your bad guy. No way! We'll be your so bad guy! Cause I'll be your